0: Two defenders in Jordan 9. Steve Cook sees the headlines, drives it for goal, spilt and Aka! Welcome to episode 49 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name's Sam Davis and at the weekend, the season came to its finale and whilst there wasn't any last gasp excitement for the Premier League as a whole, for Bournemouth, there was a lot to potentially get excited about, including what could be a top 10 finish. So with our end of season show to come, this is the penultimate time. This time I'll be saying, here's what's coming up. So, here's what's coming up. Now, being the plastic that I am, for the second week in a row, I missed seeing the Cherries game. This week, a weekend in Liverpool for a stag do was the inexplicable reason. Therefore, Sean is once again at the helm with the match chat, talking about the one-all draw at the King Power. And this time, we speak to Cherries fan Chris Root, who gives his opinions on the game. Later in the show, we also talked to Aidy Brown. Now, Aidy attended the end-of-season awards on Monday night this week, which saw the players recognised for what was a magnificent season. There were shocks, surprises, silliness and some shirt shenanigans too, as Josh King was star of the show with a belting acceptance speech after his Players Player Trophy win. We then press the magic button on our own end of season awards where we invite you to get in touch with your votes ahead of our closing show. All you have to do is go online, click a few buttons and then press send. Now we've got a bonus feature for you today which involves Mr. Tyrone Mings. He's obviously missed out on a fair bit of football towards the end of the season, not least the last game where for some explicable reason he wasn't named in the squad. Not sure why that is. But He sent a tweet out earlier today saying I want to kick a ball, need to kick a ball Alex Deutsch, our favourite Twitterer, responded saying Why don't you come down to Little Down?" He only did, didn't he? What an evening it was, playing football with a Premier League star (laughs) Oh, How much did we want to mention Dublin and Zlatan? We didn't, but it was great to have Tyrone down So we have our report on the evening and finally, with AD, I'll also discuss the news that Jermaine Defoe, who scored 10 in a row, has rejoined the Cherries in an early delve into the transfer market by Eddie Howe. Unbelievable seats. But first, on Back of the Net, do you remember his back? And this week we've kept it fairly simple. So, do you remember?
1: Eddie, yeah, because he, he, was, he was always like a natural leader. Jason was like a, just a pretty boy. <laughs> I hope he's watching this. <laughs> but but someone, Jason and Eddie, was someone, two people who were so passionate when they played, uh, gave everything, every game, um, got the lads going. And uh, and yeah, this team spirit was unbelievable. But yeah, don't, really, don't surprise me, to be honest, because they're two people who, who love football. Um, and great football knowledge for young men really Uh, so just all the best to
0: them right so this one is pretty easy all we're asking you is who is the former who's the former AFC Bournemouth footballer speaking in that clip it's not a difficult one answer is at the end of the show I would say out of any of the do you members we've done that's probably one of the easiest so shame on you if you've got it wrong but we're gonna have the answer at the end of the show but now let's crack on and go over the foxes finale one all at leicester here's michael
2: Our Champagne Cherries claimed to point at outgoing champions Leicester City in the final game of the season on Sunday to finish their campaign as the ninth best team in English football and leave the always faithful Cherry Nation wondering what on earth is going to happen next. Eddie made four changes to the side that saw off Burnley in the last game, with Dan Gosling and a returning Andrew Sermon replacing injured Harry Arter and international bright young thing Lewis Cook in midfield. More surprisingly, Ryan Fraser replaced Josh King up front and Ryan Alsop came in for Arthur in goal. Although Eddie claimed that both had picked up knocks in training, it is safe to assume that both would have started had the fixture been a relegation decider it briefly threatened to be in the early weeks of 2017. Pavarotti had barely finished the closing bars of Nessendormer Dorma when we took the lead on 57 seconds. Steve Cook sent a long, hopeful ball in the general direction of Lise Mousset which cleared Christian Fuchs, giving our French forwards space to run into. Fraser then latched onto the ball, but was scythed down by Danny Simpson. Referee Lee Mason waved the advantage on, and when the ball broke to Junior Stanislas, he lashed it past Kasper Schmeichel. I've spoken before of my aversion to early goals, but for the majority of the 44 minutes that remained in the first half, we were playing so well that it looked like we would soon be extending our lead. We seemed to be winning everything in the air, passing neatly and precisely, and getting to all the loose balls first. It was a dominance that led to a series of dangerous crosses being whipped into the corridor of uncertainty by Pugh, Stanislas, Daniels and Smith, but there was never anyone in the middle to get on the end of them. Our best chance came through Dan Gosling who, after instigating a lightning passing move, let Fry from outside the box with a goal-bound shot, which drew an excellent save from Schmeichel. At the other end... Also, had little to do until minutes before half-time when he blocked at close range from Río Mares, and gathering a deflected corner off Gosling's back. Not capitalising further on our dominance was always likely to come and bite us in the second half, and so it proved. Leicester returned from the break looking decidedly more purposeful and threatening as we struggled to replicate our energetic first-half showing. On 51 minutes they drew level, with a goal that looked like it had been coming. A deflected Jamie Vardy pass fell kindly for Ben Chilwell, who had found Islam Slimani on the far post. The Algerian striker headed back across goal, where Vardy had stolen in front of Francis to finish from inches out. The home side continued to threaten, and after they had finished sniggering about our decision to let Andrew Sermon shoot from a free kick, Vardy again had the ball in Boris net. The happy blue clappers were quickly silenced, however, when the England international was flagged offside in what could kindly be described as a marginal decision. Also then tipped over a Vardy header, at which point Francis decided he had just about had enough of last season's Footballer of the Year and elected to upend the striker and get his name taken as a result. As we continue to look second best in all areas, Eddie looked to turn the tide by throwing on the subs, a trio which included young midfielder Matt Worthington who made his Premier League debut in place of Ryan Fraser. With Vardy considering his options, Adam Smith blocked a zinging drive from Chilwell for Slimali badly fluffed a headed chance from Amare's free kick. Jordan Ibe had come on for Mark Pugh, but our record signing continued to frustrate the red and black faithful with the all-too-familiar poor decision-making. I don't agree with the wagon vitals who advocates the use of a hypnotist to restore Ibs' confidence, but after his elephant-style first touch on a ball which threatened to put him clean through late in the encounter, I did wonder if Eddie's powers of conversion are strong enough to turn him back to the path of the righteous. That was largely it, and although there was an iota of frustration that we had perhaps not put the game out of sight in the first half, this was entirely swamped by the overwhelming feeling of another magnificent, record-breaking season that has seen us continue an unimaginable journey which, just when you think it has reached its limit, has another wonderful surprise in store.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, it certainly does. Michael, on behalf of myself and Sean, I just want to say thank you so, so much for all your reports on the podcast I know that it's not easy to go back home and write a report especially when we lose but then to then record it all in one take is well it takes a lot of time and a lots of effort you, you know from doing all departments how difficult the podcast is so I appreciate even those five minute reports that you've been doing every single match this season uh, may have been a chore at times but thank you so so much so as for a song choice for today we've got a few fan thoughts but unfortunately a lot of the thoughts we've got from the media are based on the whole season whereas we want little individual snippets because next week we'll have the end of the season show but we've got a couple that we can play out and as for a song we've been in email communication with jeff hayward and he recommended mid table by fractured now he actually wrote that song based on years of supporting AFC Bournemouth in the 80s, thinking how a mid-table league position is something actually worth celebrating for many lower league sides. He says it feels a bit weird listening to it after we finished ninth in the Premier League when it bloody well is worth celebrating. Completely agree. The track, by the way, has been played on BBC Six Music a few times when it was released and was performed by Fractured at the Cherry Tree back in 2006 after the Brentford game, he says, when... They did a gig with the legendary Reg Varney's, as fans fought on the cricket pitch across the way. He seems to remember. He says, "Forgive this shameless self-promotion." You know what, Jeff? I don't care. It's it's a season to be celebrated, so we're going to play your song as well. So this is "Mid Table" by Fractured. <laughs>
3: What a way to start against the champions at the King Power. Let's talk about that first goal. Leicester were all over the place. I don't know how it went in and what their marking was. Absolutely horrible for the goal. Ball comes in, a little bit of a squabble, knocks into the middle of the box. There's Junior Stanislas, No one marking him. Places it past. Cash Michael, absolutely brilliant. Pass a manoeuvre. Um, first half, it felt like we were a lot comfier and more... More established in the play that we could easily drive for another goal. An absolutely incredible save by Kasper Schmeichel in the first half from a absolutely thundering Dan Gosling shot. I don't know how he got to got a save from it, but my god Kasper Schmeichel, that was like the kind of saves he was pulling off last season. Incredible.
4: First half performance just not great at all. Second half, to be fair, we did come out. Did quite well. Thought Vardy played alright all day. Got his goal. Scored another one, but it, it was offside, I think. By looks of it, from, from my position anyway, I thought he was offside. slamani as well, just didn't have a great game, really. I'm surprised Okazaki didn't
1: start. And, yeah, I mean, came to the end of the season. And that's it now. We've just got to look forward to next season.
0: Yeah, that was a Leicester fan, Josh. And before that, we had Matt from AFCB TV. Yeah, didn't have many views in, but people are sort of taking the whole season approach, which is what we're doing next week or week after that with our end of season special where we review the season and also give the end of season award results. So, yeah, I have seen the highlights and I've seen the goals, but I didn't see as much as Sean and Chris Root did. So they're now going to take over and talk you through the game.
4: So with Sam Davis once again on another boozy weekend, he didn't get to see the game. So we are joined this week, another Back of the Net debut, and it's Chris Root. Hello, Chris. Hi. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Welcome to the show. Now, um, Chris, just give us a quick bit of background on you and life as a Bournemouth fan.
5: Um. Yeah, I've, I've been going to the club for years and watching it. My dad took me when I was first young. I don't really remember the old stadium but i'm sure i went to a few games there i really got into them in my sort of early teens sort of 14 15 when got out of the old prem team phase which is an ironic thing to say now <laughs> but um yeah i wanted to go to more sort of live games so really got back into into following bournemouth more and just sort of never never looked back really i go to go to games as well all the home games try to get to away games but it's always been difficult, but yeah, you know, followed the team through the lows. I remember going to things like Carlisle away when we got relegated. That was a, a fun last game of the season. But <laughs> seems like a distant memory those games now, doesn't it? Yeah, they do, they do. But it was easy to get tickets to things. You could decide about two o'clock on in, on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon that you wanted to go go to the game.
4: Yeah, we used to. Have, I used to remember the same feeling. I'd be out with mates having beers on a Friday night, and then somebody would go. Oh, yeah, I'm going up to, I mean, Berry or wherever the hell it was. Uh, oh, yeah, all right, yeah, pick us up in the morning and then you get the call in the morning. Oh, I forgot, I said I'm going to go, you know. Yeah. But still, so for this game, Lester, you were listening to uh, Solent. Was it, was it, um, who was on the commentary? Uh
5: well, Chris Temple and Willow. It was like the, it usually. the usual crew. I like to listen to the away games when I'm just sort of pottering about the house if, if I can't get to them. So I usually stick Solent on in the background while I'm just, yeah, just doing things about the house, really. It's one thing I, I do miss is, is the Solent commentary
4: being down here in New Zealand, where in the BBC won't release the commentary outside of the UK. So there have been on occasions, there's been ways I've been able to listen. But yeah, watching, you know, Tony Gale, as as the commentator on the TV every week saying the same stuff. Oh, Bournemouth play good football and they like to play the right way. It gets a bit tedious. And I, I miss the optimism of Willow, but we'll, we'll get onto that and we'll get, you can give me an idea on what Willow was saying about the game, but turning to the match that we are going to review. It was the last game of the season at Leicester 1-1. Um, there were four changes with Gosling, Sermon, Fraser and Rocky Allsop coming into the side and Joshua King apparently had picked up a little bit of a knock and I don't—I didn't get to hear whether they also said the same about Boric or whether it was just oh, he just was on holiday but good to see Rocky first
5: start in four years. I, I think they were actually saying Leicester was the last team he played against or last team he started against back in the, it must have been the Championship. <laughs> so he, he only plays against Leicester, yeah.
4: Apparently. But we got off to a uh, pretty impressive start, really. I mean, the game kicked off and um, Mousset working hard and then goes to Fraser. Looked like, well, the commentators were saying Lee Mason played a good advantage with the decision, but having watched it back, the referee never actually puts his whistle to his mouth and never even weighs play on. I think he thought it was a good challenge by Simpson, but then Stanislas was there and it was a good start.
5: Yeah, yeah, we certainly start with intensity. we we often. I'm very nervous whenever Bournemouth score very early because I'm never never think we're going to defend for the whole game. But we often seem to go away and score quite early goals. I think we did it at West Brom. But yeah, we just sort of broke quickly up the field. Mousset, I think he's growing into the team. Perhaps perhaps playing up front by himself gave him more chance to get on the ball. And yeah, he had a good little effort, and it just fell back to stand to just tuck away, which means he scored in three games in a row now, which is encouraging. It's all it was good signs to start the game. Nice fast start.
4: Yeah, and Leicester seemed a little bit all over the place. And I mean, Eddie after the game did say he felt the first thirty minutes we played really, really well, and then as the game went on, we seemed to get well. We seemed to fall back a little bit, and I think Leicester also after especially after half time really seemed to sort themselves out a little bit, but. What was, give it. Give, what was Willow's thoughts in that first half?
5: Oof, oh, I'm trying to think. It was all back on back yesterday. Remember what you said? he said. Willow always has ever never-ending optimism. So yeah, I think he was he was quite happy with how we were playing. I think similar to how we all felt. Really good, good intense start. Yeah, like you said, for the first twenty minutes, and then we just sort of let Leicester back into the game. Really. I don't know if it was they they adjusted more to how we were playing, or if we started to tile, because our our two central midfielders must be lacking match fitness. They have they've both been injury worries recently, so yeah, I, and yeah, then obviously it's last game of the season, so certain amount of flip flops going on, I think. But yeah, I think I think it was all right. I, I think Le, Leicester probably probably created more chances throughout the whole game than we did but i think a draw a draw was reasonably fair i think at the end yeah i'd I'd agree with that so what what are your thoughts
4: then let's just, just go a bit broader maybe the game on on Musse. how do you think he has done you say you think
5: he's he's growing in his role in what way well just having more time to play coming on for the last five ten minutes in games isn't really you know chance to catch up to the speed of the game so having started a couple of games it just gives him more chance to run forward i i don't know how much i like him playing alongside king i don't know if they're quite two quite similar strikers they want to make the same runs the same same sort of movements i would have liked to have seen him play alongside a foe a foe bay, i think certainly in maybe the stoke game i think we missed a foe bay. but yeah he's shown potential it's just I've got to give him game time. I've got to give him a chance to actually get some minutes under his belt and affect the game. Yeah, and I think
4: you know moments like that first goal. I think will give him give him confidence in that it was a good run. I mean his finish that that got deflected to Stanislas. Yeah, wasn't. I mean it wouldn't have gone in. So in that regard, he's in the right place, but a bit of tweaking to go. Obviously, there's there's kind of breaking news through Twitter that we've supposedly already started talks with a certain mr defoe and you know you look at possible other recruitments in the summer does that mean leece might be pushed down a little bit more and will his opportunities get even less and having just watched the awards ceremony where sam surridge has just picked up under 21 player of the year you got to think he's going to be knocking on the door so i'm i'm a bit mixed with Lees as in whether he'll be given an opportunity or whether we might even see him possibly go on out on loan Somewhere maybe in the championship first part of the year, it did wonders for Fraser. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that's something least needs.
5: Yeah, it's it's definitely a possibility. If if Defoe does come in, which it's starting to look strong like it is, I think Sky Sports are, are saying they expect us to 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 sign him in the next few days. It certainly makes the striking situation very interesting. If if Callum gets back, and that's a maybe. Moussae could be effectively sort of fifth-choice striker as long as we hold on to Josh. So, yeah, I'd certainly game time you would expect to be very restricted. So, alone might be an option. Certainly, I don't see Graban staying. I wouldn't put him in the equation. And I would like to have seen Sturridge get a chance in these last few games. But it was nice he made the bench at the weekend, but... I don't think it was the right sort of game to bring him on when we were trying to hold on for the draw so we could so we could finish in the top half. So yeah, the stri- the strikers are certainly an interesting position to watch. See what happens.
4: Yeah. And and with the goalkeeper position as well. I mean Boric picked up, you know, supporters player of the year and's got another year's contract. There's still this talk about Begovic signing. So again even for for Rocky Rocky Ulsop, I guess uh, I've got a th- think that feds will be out the door and on his way wanting to play somewhere but maybe also stays and wants to be the third choice but he um having watched the, you know watched the leicester game he said afterwards he grew in confidence throughout the game and you could see that i mean to start with he's going to be a bit nervous and he hasn't really played a huge amount other than uh he went on loan didn't he was it last year to pompey for their for the playoffs was it last season was that the year before but
5: yeah it no, he he, was last year. he's been a few places I think he was at Coventry for a season as well wasn't
4: he yeah but then he in this game he actually made some pretty good saves particularly in the second half when Leicester they were putting on a lot of pressure and a lot of chances and um the the goal they got was it was a bit of a yeah, I think Sermon looks like he dives in, Fra- Francis dives in, Smith maybe out of position and Vardy gets a free tap in, but I kind of felt like it was a game where Leicester would get back into it.
5: Yeah, they, they seem to be doing the thing we, we usually struggle with, which is just sort of pumping balls into the box, trying to hit Slimani because he missed a, a free header as, late in the game as well. But just either long throws, crosses... I think the goal came from a ball from quite deep, just knocked in the box. Lamani heads it across. And I don't know who was meant to be marking Vardy, but everybody seemed to lose him. And yeah, he was there to just knock it in. So that's still something we've been struggling with for years is defending defending our box from aerial sieges.
4: <laughs> it's, it's, it's a long time. That's been an issue. A long, long time. I can think back. But And then Leicester thought they'd gone 2-1 up with Vardy's goal which was ruled offside, when you slow it down, he's probably just on, I would have said.
5: Yeah, I've I've seen a few replays of it, and freeze-framed, it does look... Certainly, if it was our striker in his position, I'd say, oh, he's definitely on, <laughs> but... For once, we're gonna we're gonna defend the difficult job the linesmen have, and you can't you can't blame them. They do such a they have such a hard time seeing it in real time, so you know we can't well, we can't hold it against the poor linesmen. No, and I was watching actually
4: last night on on BN Sports they had the Premier League Focus show, and it was it was Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher. I don't know if you've seen this, but they went to a day's referees training that they do every week or every every other week or something. And they ran through the whole session. They did the fitness work and then they did the analysis work. And then they got Carragher and Neville both to run through these drills as assistant referee, where they had to decide whether it was offside or, or not. And Jamie Carragher, I think he got four out of five wrong because they are, when you watch it real time, it's so close. And like that decision with Vardy, it, it's 50 50, isn't it? Really, you've got to pick one way or another. I don't think it was clear cut in real time.
5: No, I and certainly the, the the problem is you almost you have to err on the defending team side. If he if he waves him on side and then you freeze frame it and he's off, he equally is gonna get gonna get torn to pieces in the press. So he's really in a lose lose situation. Certainly not a job I envy. As much as we all think we can see from the stands.
4: Now of some substitutions that happen, we saw a Debut for Matt Worthington, who's our Sean McDonald replacement, with his bright red hair, and good to see. You know, a kid that you haven't really heard a
5: huge amount of it in the first team getting on and getting some minutes. Yeah, definitely. It, it wasn't. He's not a name I am particularly familiar with. I try and keep up with the youth team to a certain degree. I was aware of Surridge, certainly aware of a few of the others who are out on loan. People like Butcher, who's, who's been close to the team. I don't know if, if the only reason he was really on the bench is because we were so short of central midfielders, with Lewis Cook being out of the World Cup and Arthur being injured. Mm. But Eddie must still have the confidence to put him on the bench ahead of trying to make someone like Stanislas play central midfield or Pew play central midfield. As much as it was the last game of the season, why why not use that to to blood youngsters? So And I... I haven't heard anything saying he put a foot wrong at all. So yeah, that no, was a good good opportunity for him to get out there and get some Premier League experience.
4: Now another player that came on, Jordan Ibe, and just it just hasn't it hasn't been his season, has it? He he pretty much every time he got the ball, I think he gave it away, and he was kind of getting a bit of stick from Tony Gale on TV saying you've got to be doing better than that, but. It's just that guy just needs a break needs to come back pre season and let's just start again. I feel
5: yeah it oh, the mo- the money spent on him has made him such a focus everyone's focused on him, and the potentially has comes from Liverpool, he's got a lot of hype behind him, and yeah, he's just that player who you just you so want him to come on and just do something special and be yes, he's gonna live up to all the hype and just every time he's let us down so far. Yeah, just, you just still want to just hope and hope. And he shows moments where he'll he'll quickly beat someone. You go, oh, this is going to be it. And then he makes the wrong decision and loses the ball or plays a poor pass or has a bad touch. And you're just like, oh, no. Yeah,
4: and it definitely looked like one of those games, I think. Uh, but again, it's probably a lot of pressure. He's coming off the bench. It's the last game. And for him, I'm sure he's thinking this is my last chance to show them what I can do and it will lead into a good form in last to next season. It just, yeah, he just came on and it just, I felt a bit sorry for him really because it just didn't, it didn't work out. Fobe came on as well at the same time and had a had a good run around. But um, in the end, it was, you could, yeah, it was like you said, it was, we, we knew if we didn't lose, we'd finish above them. And it meant that it was a little bit tense towards the end. But one thing I do think, I do think we have got better at being a bit more solid defensively. And when when we do go up goal ahead, whereas you kind of had before, towards the start of the season, I felt like, well, we're just going to carry on and we're not going to change at all. I do think that we've got a little bit tighter and yeah, they had some guilt-edged chances, but I think we worked hard to get that point.
5: Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. There have been some games where I think we've been focused on being a bit more solid than... Going forward, the Tottenham game jumps to mind. I know it's Tottenham, so we're going to be less willing to maybe fly out the traps. But last year, the top teams all virtually all tore us to pieces. So there have been much more encouraging performances, I think, in some of the games against them this season. And yeah, I certainly thought by the end there was there was a lot less going forward. I know people like Fraser went off, so perhaps lost a bit of the intensity to, to surge forward. But yeah, we looked. We looked happy to just tighten up, hold hold out for the draw, and and see the game out. Get get the point. finish ninth, and 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 be really happy with how the season's gone. Well, that's what I wanted to ask really to finish up. Is um,
4: just give us then your overall summary of what it's been like being at, being at all those home games, watching and weeking week out in in the flesh, and. Have you enjoyed, how? How have you much have you enjoyed it, and how much have you enjoyed it compared to say last year, where everything was brand new and fresh, and this is all very exciting? Did you still have that same buzz?
1: Yeah,
5: I think so. I I don't think you can ever, unless unless we somehow spend twenty years in the top division. I don't I don't see it wearing off anytime soon. Where you stop going, this is Bournemouth, and we're in the Premiership. <laughs> how are we or Premier League? But. How are we here? This is this is the team that when we got to the championship, I said I never thought I'd see this. I thought we'd be perpetually League One, maybe occasionally League Two, because that tends to happen. And and now we're going to have a third season in the Premier League, and you just you keep seeing that some of the best players in the world, when teams like Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United, Liverpool, these aren't FA Cup third round games. These are our we our weekly league games, and we're and we're having a go at them. We've not come up, and I, I understand why teams do come up and try and just defend and hold out for draws and things. We've come up and we've had a go at these teams. We we drew three all with Arsenal. We we beat Liverpool in one of the most nearly heart attack causing games I think I've ever been to, and you just you just can't believe. It still, and you just no. I don't. I don't see me ever, ever not being amazed.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a fair summation of how most of us feel. I think. Well, look, Chris, thank you so much for coming on and giving us your thoughts on the game and on the season. And uh, yeah, we look forward to getting you back on the show, hopefully sometime next season.
5: Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot for having me. I, I'm a big fan of the show. Always, always aching for it to come out almost spent spend my Sundays wistfully considering song choices that hmm what would sum up how the game
2: went
4: <laughs> well good on you long long may those suggestions keep coming in and uh yeah enjoy your little little break and then we'll get back to that excitement and buzz next
5: year yes thank you very much Now, unless you've been living in a
0: cave over the last 24 hours, or just not using the internet, you will have probably heard a story involving Tyrone Mings and social media. Don't worry, it doesn't involve Instagram Live, but it's a real good news story that's gone viral and it's been picked up by a load of social media sites and newspapers and it's been, well, Alex Deutsch, who organises anti-football, he's been inundated. Now, to give you the backstory, Alex sorted an event every Tuesday night called Anti-Football at Little Down and it was for players who uh, maybe haven't played in a while or are a bit unfit or don't really get the chance to play football or, you know, enjoy the game but maybe aren't so good and we all get together and have a kick around and it's been really great because we've actually improved week on week and those aren't my words, those are the words of Steve Fletcher. That's right, Steve Fletcher's actually come down and played with us a couple of times, first time it took it quite easy. Second time, he was going for some because he was on the losing side. <laughs> and he was marauding through the centre of the park and scoring a few goals. And it was it was great to see him in his element as a 56-year-old. How old are you, Fletch? But no, it was, um, it was great to have him down. But it got better this week. And it all started with a tweet from Tyrone Minks on Tuesday early evening saying really want to kick some ball and Alex Deutsch was on Twitter and he he instantly replied saying 8 30 little down and then Tyrone responded saying see you there now Alex's initial reply was a bit half-hearted didn't really expect anything to happen but seeing what Tyrone wrote made us think he's not going to come down is he well in a click style as I said earlier you wouldn't believe what happened next Okay, so I've just arrived at the Little Down Centre and I can see the boys over there. It doesn't look like Tyrone Mings is here at the moment. Uh, It is 8.27, he's got three minutes to turn up. But um, yeah, let's go and join the boys and have a kick around. Right, um, we think he's here. I ain't got my glasses on at the moment, but uh, one of the lads, Jamie, has just said that he thinks he's walking over in the distance, and that does that does look like him. Oh my God, it's him! He's he's with a mate, but Tyrone Mings is on his way. This is ridiculous.
3: Yes, left shoulder, hang on, left, left. <laughs>
0: Tyrone's
2: a showboating now. Don't slide him!
0: So Tyrone came along in his blue hoodie and started playing with us, and he bought one of his mates, um, who we didn't know at the time, but since then, it's been revealed that it's Omar Sawumi, uh, his ex-Ipswich Town teammate, who now plays for Yeovil. So we had Tyrone on one side, Omar on the other side, on my team, and it was a pretty close match. Now, you're probably wanting to know how much effort Tyrone was putting in. At first, not much. But then there are a few turns, a few Rabonas. It was superb. <laughs> Mings puts it wide of the post. I've uh, Tyrone, what's the standard like here compared to what you, you usually used to yeah, any that's
1: good? Right. Yeah. I'm doing right, I'm holding my own, I think.
0: You scored a couple of goals here tonight. Yeah, well, left foot,
1: right foot, bang. I'm mainly here just to assist. <laughs> yeah. To have a team. He's done that alright. <laughs>
0: It's Deutsch with the throw. (laughs) So, um, how are you feeling about Tyrone being down here and then Alex? Um, pretty nuts, isn't it? He's quick, isn't he? Yeah, he's very quick. Awful. Yeah. It's quite good at football. Yeah, Yeah. not bad. You know, not bad. You know, probably one of the better players here tonight. Would you say? I would say so. Yeah. (laughs) Good finish. That makes up for the last one. <laughs> so many of you are probably wondering, yeah, yeah. what's Tyrone like Perhaps to play it's against? It's unbelievable. Firstly, the thing is with professional football, as I've noticed with Steve Fletcher, their communication is second to none. Uh, the amount of times he tells you you've got time, turn it is so much easier when players are talking to you and talking uh, through the game because it just allows you to have that confidence to know that you've got time on the ball without a man up your backside. Um, and also, another thing I've got to say, how tall is he? I know we've all seen him on the pitch, but when you're towering against him, um, he, he, he's like fee-fi-fo-fun. Also, the speed of the guy... I was uh, I was on the opposite side and I was defending at one point and he was marauding towards me at pace with the ball and oh, I was actually scared actually scared it was like say being on gladiators in the gauntlet with like hunter running up to you at full pace um really scary now his teammate as well full of tricks and scored a few good goals as well but he played with us for about an hour both of them uh, and it was pleasure such such a good experience, yeah. and at the end, he posed for a load of photos with fans as well.
1: Oh, mate, no worries.
2: You're not? No, we can have photos.
0: No problem, pleasure, you're <laughs>
2: mine.
0: Yeah?
1: Oh,
5: Where's the camera? Alex. Oh, right, yeah, yeah.
0: Here you are.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no Thank you.
2: Thank
3: you. Thanks
0: Tyrone So as Tyrone and Omar went off into the distance At the Little Down Centre The rest of us yeah, well caught our breath back And then just gathered by the side of the pitch Just to just to pinch ourselves That whether what we think happened Just happened Most of us were in disbelief
3: I can't, I just I'll get home and I'll be there like
1: Mugged a Premier League, Premier League, League, League defender League. in scored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought yeah. chucking away a yeah. Fletcher's sister was good, but <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> that's definitely up there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think
3: someone thought it was communal. Communal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went to go
4: against him and got nowhere near anything.
3: There was one, though. I was just like, I'm I played in
1: goals for, like, 20-odd years, and I wouldn't have got anywhere near any of them. you're
0: good. So we have just finished... Football playing alongside Mr. Tyrone Mings. Uh, alongside me, I've got Aidy Brown, who was on the podcast um, a while ago. We've we've both just got our breath back playing alongside a Premier League footballer. What a dream it was. I mean, a d did you actually expect him to turn up? No. No. Uh, we've got Sam here, Sam Stapleton. Come on and say hello. Hello. And, uh, you know, Tyrone Mings playing. What, what was that like for you?
3: was pretty weird i think that was the worst game i've ever played he's stealing my drink
0: <laughs> um my actual boot started to fall apart towards the end of that so i had to come off about uh 20 minutes from the end there um but yeah i mean what an experience it was and he is scary to play against
1: isn't he he's scary quick scary strong and scary <laughs> scary fast so um just before we start I am going to say that I did mug a Premier League centre-back in the box, take the ball (laughs) off of his foot and then nutmeg the goalkeeper. It's on video, it definitely happened but that was as close as I got to the ball for the rest of the night yeah. <laughs> he, he made me pay for it
0: we may put the video on afcbpodcast.com if we've if we've got access to the video hopefully we have but we've got a few pictures on there follow us on twitter at afcbpodcast and uh, you can see that but really great of him to come down
1: he was a really humble guy He have taken photos with everyone on one knee and taking yeah, videos really um, turned up with one of his mates uh, Omar me, plays for the Oval town as well so it's just a little bit of a mad night really yeah. but yeah really humble really down to earth Took the mickey out of everybody in a really good-natured way and, uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. And Omar was a bit useful as well, wasn't he? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Scored, scored a few goals. Um, when Fletch plays, he sort of takes it relatively easy. Uh, Tyrone didn't, did he?
1: It was like uh, being back in the playground at school and playing against <laughs> yeah, the two best was. kids who just had, they just played amongst themselves and the rest of us just kind of chased the ball around a little bit. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So it's time to get in the car and go home after a very memorable evening of anti-football and when we got back there was tweets coming through and a load of notifications on Facebook and social media but then it seemed like the media got hold of this one because by half past 11 it was on the Sun website, the Daily Mail, Football 365. Surely it wasn't going to get any bigger than that was it? Until Wednesday morning that is.
3: And they're not the only ones still playing after the end of the season. Bournemouth defender Tyrone Mings tweeted last night he fancied a game. And Bournemouth fan Alex Deutsch replied, inviting him to their weekly seven-a-side kickabout. Mings took up the offer and he brought along a mate with him, Jovel's Omar Sawumi. And that made this fan's night, as you can imagine. We reckon that Tyrone was probably the first to be picked and probably the first subbed as well.
1: <laughs> this involves Tyrone Mings, Bournemouth's Tyrone Mings, Tony, who of course has been out of the game for a while, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, haven't seen him for a while. Of course, he, he, he was uh, he was sidelined after that incident at Old Trafford. He has uh, he has very, very, very quickly taken up an invitation from a, a group of Bournemouth fans because Mings tweeted that he, he quite fancied having a kickabout somewhere. And he he was messaged by some Cherries fans who said, come and and have a kick about with us.
0: And uh, the us was Alex Deutsch. Do you know this guy? No. Former Ipswich Town player?
1: No, I don't know him, no. And he he got in touch with them. And uh, Ming's Mings, uh, the former player, of course, of Ipswich Town. He got involved, had a bit of a kick around. And uh, it's got it's got him in the mood again to play football, which was quite nice. He just put it out there. I fancy a bit of a kick around. Who's up for it? <laughs> and he got a very very
0: positive response from videos Just supporters. before the end of the season, when he's going to be on the board. so there you have it. What a crazy twenty four hours. Jim White on Sky Sports News. Not sure why he was calling Alex Deutche an Ipswich Town player. He was probably referring to Omar, but got his notes very badly mixed up. I mean, I know Alex is good and can score a number of goals, but. Ipswich Townie ain't. Uh, And also, of course, you heard some other audio from Sky Sports News as well. It's been all around the internet. But I just want to say at this point, a massive public thank you to Tyrone Mings uh, for doing what he did. Now, he's got a reputation of doing things like this. Very uh, off-the-cuff little gestures to fans. Giving him boot shirts and all sorts of things. And just him turning up. It was such... A nice touch. So thank you very much, Tyrone. It's certainly helped to make mine and a lot of lads' nights, if not years, top, top man. So last night it was the end of season awards at the BIC and
1: AD. How did you come about going to the event? Uh, oh, good friend of mine uh, does some sponsorship at the club uh, and i had a couple of spare tickets and I got the call last minute. Was I free on the Monday night? Obviously I was. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, went down it looked like a really sort of swanky event they always uh, put
0: on a good uh, do and I understand that there was a sort of nice meal a comedian and then the awards were towards the end of the night is that right? yeah
1: Yeah, so rocked up uh, nice little drinks reception uh, three cross dinner um I can't remember the name of the comedian at the moment. Um, I felt really bit Oh, a
0: bit, uh, yeah, I, I know the word. Oh, Farley, someone, Michael, uh, Farley. Michael no, yeah. I don't know, something, something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry if you're listening, mate. I didn't mean to forget your name. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you weren't very good. No, I'm f- sure <laughs> he was great. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I felt really sorry for him because he was on very early in the night before everyone had had a drink yeah. and some of the impressions were lost on a good section of the crowd, but... It doesn't mean Harry Redknapp <laughs> yeah. so uh, so take us through the
0: awards then ad because we started off with um what is it com- a community player of the year is that right, and that was awarded to to Bennephobe
1: yep yeah, was uh so uh, there was a couple up for a nomination there, I think Peey was up uh Afobi was up, and um I think it might have been Arthur, but I can't remember from the video at the time. Um, really nice little montage actually to see a lot of the work that the guys do in the community out with the schools, out with some of the youth teams as well. Yeah. Um, from a phobia's point of view, it looks like he really enjoys it as well, which is quite yeah. nice. So,
0: I know yeah. that him and Pugh get well involved. Pugh's always yeah. going to care homes and you know, doing his little tricks. and yeah. excuse he, for a step over? <laughs> um, we, we also, step over a granny, yeah, yeah. We also had um. Youth Team Player of the Season, that was Carl Taylor. The Unsung Hero Award was First Team Analyst Ryan Dawes and also Sam Sireg, who's been putting him away for the Under-21s, Player of the Season for the Under-21s. But the Special Recognition Award uh, went to, well, what a well-deserved award. I mean, the service that Joe Roach has given to the club has been amazing, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. And Am I right in saying that he's leaving at the end of the season? Yes, that's right. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, I mean... I think for anybody who's, you know, some of the long-term fans who've been around the club um, have seen the fantastic work that Joe has done uh, since he joined in there. I mean, he touched on that last night in his acceptance speech when he inherited nothing when when he came to the came into the role sort of, in the early early 2000s, I think it was.
0: He seemed to get a bit teary, didn't he?
1: Yeah, I, it did, emotional, because I mean, he's, he's been with us for, for two spells, but as he said um, last night, you know he's done a lot of work with Eddie Purchase, um, Richard Hughes, uh, Mark Molesley, uh, other people who, when they've been around at the club and to see them all now in leadership and management roles, um, and in his words, developing into the fine young men that they are, uh, was really, really touching. But I think you really just have to acknowledge the fact that some of the players that he developed or his, him and his team developed through the system really kept us afloat when we had no money. So there was a nice... Um, Nice tribute given by Sam Vokes on the, on the video yeah, package. Really nice. uh, you know, Ings as well as, as another player, Brett Pittman, yeah. as well through these. The, the list just goes on and on and on and on and it's thoroughly deserved. Yeah. Uh, and then it went on to the awards
0: for the current squad and goal of the season. And there were I think there were six contenders and I, I believe I've noted them down somewhere. So, yeah, we had Wilson, uh, home versus West Brom. That was a little flick. Stanislas yep. v Everton, Cook v Liverpool. Charlie Daniels against Burnley. Ryan Fraser, that was a team goal against Swansea. And then Josh King against West Ham, where he sort of... Did uh, his yeah, game. Yeah, he put it over his body with his right and then fired it in with the left. Uh, the award went to Steve Cook. Um, you agree with that?
1: Absolutely. It's who I voted for. I mean, yeah. I think uh, that's another one of those goals. Had that been a, an Aguero or Costa or Harry Kane yeah, that scored it, to pick the ball up at full stretch with your back to the goal, control it, turn 180 degrees and then stab at home. Yeah. Uh, especially given the momentum of the game they've got so it's quite a lot of pressure of them behind the shot to, so to yeah. keep his calm to go and do that was uh, fantastic and again if it'd been any other player i think that yeah. would have been being played on match of the day for years to come
0: yeah i'm pretty sure that alan smith was doing the sky co commentary that day and he said that exact same thing if that was any other player people would be raving about it yeah um but he also won another award didn't
1: he yeah he got the mickey cave um uh, or the bournemouth echo player of the year um as well which again thoroughly deserved i mean i I probably owe Cookie an apology so against the uh, against the Everton game I went on to the uh, Up the Cherries podcast and I was a little bit unfair on him actually at the time and probably wasn't particularly complimentary uh, towards him so for that you know what it's worth I am sorry because I think out of everybody that we've got in the squads, we touched on it the last time I came on the podcast he's just got better and better and better and I I'm biased, but I don't think it's unfair that he could be looking at an England call-up in the next six to 12 months if he carries on developing like he is.
0: I completely agree. Um, Now, the supporters player of the season voted for by the fans. Now, back in... January or February, you wouldn't have said this particular player, or goalkeeper as it turns out to be, would have been anywhere near winning supporter of the year. What a turnaround for Arthur Boric. But, uh, you know, he did have a few bad games where he made some individual errors. The West Brom game springs uh, to mind. Sam is off, and uh, make sure you listen to the podcast, Sam. <laughs> yeah. He says he will. See you later. Um, and he turned it around completely, didn't he? Yeah. And well,
1: you know, well deserved because he's been brilliant in the last uh, few months yeah absolutely um, I, t- I think you've summed it up really really well there you, uh, I mean uh, we'll say goalkeepers union and we should all stick together I think uh, unfairly he's had some criticism from the crowds when he hasn't necessarily had the right protection in front of him from the defence yeah. but uh, again if you go back hopefully the club will release some of the highlight videos like yes. they've done in previous years yes. and just go back and look at it and there were some fantastic saves that he made at really crucial moments in games where, in years gone by, we probably would have conceded. Yeah. And he's won us a lot of points this year. Yeah. And I'm really pleased that he signed an extension. If we end up getting Begovic over the summer, hopefully it, they'll push each other on to become yeah. better goalkeeper again but yeah another thoroughly thoroughly deserved award
0: and uh, speaking of Begovic I mean a potential new signing there's been a new signing announced today which we'll talk about shortly but the players player of the season went to Joshua King and I've got to say how funny was that guy when he went on stage
1: <laughs> what a speech yeah he
0: it was, it was funny because if you haven't seen it, um, you can re-watch again, by the way, on the brand new AFC Bournemouth website. There's a beta version. It's uh, beta.afcb.co.uk. And go to slash live and you can actually watch through the video again. And uh, Joshua King comes on stage. And then Mark McAdam, uh, of course, um, who's been in and around the AFC Bournemouth circles. That for was
1: quite a long. terrible shirt, Mark. was a terrible <laughs> yes, shirt. It was.
0: it was a bad shirt. But when uh, Josh came on stage, he said, uh, you know... Um, Tell me how to do this handshake then that you do with Bennick, and then Josh King says, "You know, don't worry about the handshake. You worry about that shirt." And it
1: was a psychedelic number, wasn't it? Yeah, it looked like my grandma's curtains. Yeah.
0: It was awful. There were a couple of F bombs, but yep. in the context of things, it was hilarious. It and, was. Uh, You know, I love the fact he actually. Well, he nearly slipped up and he said, "You know, shout out to my players."
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think it just goes to show how tight. What a tight knit squad that we've got on there. That mm. someone can come on stage and have a laugh have a joke take the mickey out of his teammates I nearly swore then sorry Um, (laughs) yeah take the mickey out of his teammates as well but it's actually all done in a really nice and good natured way it was a very very funny interview so as Sam said do go back and check it out
0: yeah and uh, what also I liked and was very encouraging was the optimism for next season and the fact that he was saying, you know, well, obviously he had had a few drinks, you could tell by it, the way he was speaking, but he was talking about why not push for the Europa League, I want to score more goals and he's got hunger, he thanked Eddie Howe about three or four times during his um, five, six minute talk with Mark, but he was, you know, from what you could pick up, it sounds like he wants to stay yeah. and is happy to stay.
1: Yeah, he certainly didn't look like he, he wanted to leave. Um yeah. Again, I think but quite rightly so, as, as he touched on in his speech two years ago. He was struggling to get on the bench at Blackburn yeah. Rovers, and here we are now, two years later. He's just tucked away, what, sixteen goals in the Premier League. Yeah, that's right. Looked every bit the the Premier League striker, and he's going, he's getting better and better and better. Uh, I think we've seen in the past with some other players where they've almost taken their move too quickly. Maybe you know, I'm, I'm not going to name names because I think it will be a little bit unfair for uh, for some of the players that have gone away, but. At the time for them, it might have, uh, with the money that we were playing and the money that was not offer mm-hmm. can actually understand why they want to go. But another 12 months of development for King. And, it, you know, he could he, he could be a fantastic player and go on and do even bigger and better things. And I don't think anybody would begrudge him his move at the moment. But Dave. from what he said, he uh, I, I mean, I, I don't want to quote it word for word, but we're going to finish in a higher place next yeah. year. We're going to challenge for the Europa League and we're going to try and get in the Champions League. And... <laughs> let's be honest with Eddie in charge at the moment would it surprise you no it (laughs) certainly wouldn't so those were the
0: AFC Bournemouth awards and we've got our own back of the net ones and voting is open right now so if you go to afcbpodcast.com slash awards we've got a number of questions there multiple choice from your answers gathered over twitter and we're going to leave it open for a couple of weeks before we have our end of season montage show so do go there that's afcbpodcast.com slash awards now speaking of josh king he may have some competition for a place next season from this guy.
2: Took it well, Lescott in front of him.
3: And scores! Oh, it's relief and joy all mixed in for Sunderland. Coyvenan got the return and now to foul! Well, they can enjoy themselves now, Sunderland. Marini shots, Tabianski to foul! And Sunderland take the lead. It hasn't taken Jermaine Defoe long to score again against Swansea. And the through ball for Defoe, and the flag has stayed down. It's Defoe, and it's 3-2 Sunderland. Van Aanholt is in here, Defoe waits in the centre, and touches it in. Defoe's hat-trick, Sunderland's fourth goal. Van Aanholt to Kalswijk, looking for a bit of magic on the edge. Defoe, first chance! His only chance in the game, 88 minutes played, and it's Liverpool 2, Sunderland 2.
0: So, Aidy, tell me how you're feeling, because it seems like he's right on the edge of signing for us.
1: So, a couple of weeks ago, I looked back and I thought it, it was a funny move, and hopefully it wouldn't be at the expense of some of our other players. But on reflection now, um, really, when you look at the... Some of the strikers in the squad. That's it's a fantastic move. Yeah. Um, from what I can gather, the the salary that's been quoted isn't the hundred and thirty thousand pound a week. Yeah. As yeah. some of the papers have said, it's much closer to sixty five thousand pounds for three years, which is quite a long yeah. contract. But if it's got him, it's got him here. Then, yeah. brilliant. And I'm really excited, mm. really, really excited. I mean, he's playing for England. Yeah, I get, well, he's got himself back into the England squad at the moment. I just. Yeah, really. really sorry, no, yes, not it. not the most eloquent of answer there's, but.
0: But I mean, even if
1: it, even if he was on hundred grand a week, say,
0: for you know over a year, that's what five point two million. The guy's signing for free, yeah. so that
1: kind of equals it yeah, out, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. When you look at some of the transfer fees we've played on other players as well, absolutely. And.
0: Um, oh, so what, what kind of role do you think Jermaine will play next season? Because Josh King and Benik Fofey have formed a. Uh, a great partnership you've got Callum Wilson back Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen to Lise Mousset but you know people were suggesting maybe that it would be best he was at a championship club maybe getting some uh, game time kind of like Ryan Fraser did Mm -hmm. Um, where does he fit in will he be starting Uh, Jermaine Defoe Defoe.
1: I think Eddie has his favourites and he does like people to play their way into the team so it's not unfair to say that he's, he's probably not an automatic starter because, because he should be. But and I think uh, over the course of season he will get himself in there. I don't know if he'll end up having a King in a number ten and um, Defoe back up in the number nine. But I think it probably gives us a bit of options of flexibility in the squad now because Defoe does very very well at that kind of target man hold the ball up role, allowing uh, roll sorry allowing King to make runs off of him against certain defenders. Um, but then when we play against teams that like to stick. Players behind the ball, like West Brom have done in the past, like Stoke have done in the past. What we really need is, is the pace from players to run through and to unlock defences. And well, I think having it would get them Okay, so having played against an incredibly quick player tonight, <laughs> yes. and that was that was that was one player having two play- uh, trying to mark two people like that, having them run at you is going to be terrifying. If you've got pace around elsewhere in the squad as well, so um, yeah, it's it's exciting. Yeah.
0: Did you um, like the way that we managed to? Uh, hold back any jibes about Zlatan or anything to do with the Irish crack or anything like that because we could have gone there couldn't we
1: I don't know what you're talking about yeah no <laughs> I don't know anyway
0: AD thank you very much for coming on the podcast once again
1: thank you very much for having me Sam
0: no problem at all and uh, remember you can follow AD on Twitter we'll, um, we'll retweet your last tweet what's your, uh, what's your
1: handle it's at AD Brown
0: that's an easy one one at AD Brown and remember to follow us at AFCB Podcast 2 because the Back of the Net End of Season Awards as we said have launched so it's afcbpodcast.com slash awards
1: I am Tara Mings and you are listening to Back of the Net
0: lovely fella that Tyrone Mings Uh, now just before we go I need to give you the answer to do you remember of course the answer was Jermaine Defoe I'm sure you'll have got it right but hey the new signing is very imminent. Unbelievable. Um, just want to say remember to keep following us on all the different social media platforms, whether it be Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Could do with a few more Facebook likes, actually. So go to facebook.com slash AFCB podcast. Remember also to vote in the awards. We are the only end of season awards that Leicester match could have finished 9-0 to FC Bournemouth and Arta Boric could have scored a 65-yard worldie in the top right-hand corner and it wouldn't have won goal of the season in any other awards but it can with ours but that didn't happen anyway so remember to go to afcbpodcast.com slash awards this is the penultimate back of the net and the next one will be show 50 where we'll review the season in style we'd really appreciate any voice notes that you've got just to sum up the season no more than 20 30 seconds and email it through to fans at afcbpodcast.com that's fans at afcbpodcast.com if you listen and you don't usually contribute, just it, it, it can be anonymous, it's fine, just send a quick voice note through um, or you can give us a call 01202 90 10 leave your message summing up the season, make it no more than 30 seconds we'll put it all together, a few bits of commentary, a few montages, a few track choices it's going to be Super Duper Show Sean will be involved in that one as he was earlier on thanks to Chris Root who spoke to him about the Foxes game but you've been listening to another episode of Back of the Net the AFC Bournemouth podcast Steve Cook with the throw swept goal by Daniels and back in by Arter
1: and it's finished By Josh King. Bournemouth bring problems for Liverpool again. They strike Lakers And Bournemouth are level at outfield.